Well, we have now come to the fifth Sunday of Lent, the heart of the season when the church calls on us in a special way to prepare our hearts, purify our souls, so we can be ready to celebrate and commemorate the greatest events in all of human history, the events of the passion, death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ and all of his work of redemption. And you know that for all of us, they really are the most important events in the history of the world. Because our eternal salvation, our eternal destiny, where we will be and what we will be forever is going to depend on how we respond to those events. And there's no better time than this to begin a parish mission. I'm Father Bill Casey from the Congregation of the Fathers of Mercy. And I want to thank Father Ed for inviting me to come here and spend this time with you. I preached a mission here at St. Philip's. It was more than 10 years ago with Father Bala. <laughs> it's amazing how fast 10 years can go by. Uh, it's great to be back at St. Philip's, and uh, it is a great week for a mission. You know, the church teaches that a parish mission is a graced event. That is to say, it is an event where the Holy Spirit will be at work with special graces, often with extraordinary graces for those who come out and participate in good faith. It is like a retreat for the whole parish family together. Hmm? It is a time for spiritual renewal, a time to answer the call that God has given to each and every one of us to be men and women of faith, prayer, and devotion. Pope St. John Paul II used to say, we must be Catholic Christian men and women who are not content, not satisfied with spiritual mediocrity. Not content just to be seen as, quote, good people or nice people. We're called to be holy people. People who understand we have been created by God and for God to be saints. Hmm? This is the time when the church calls upon us to get our spiritual priorities in order. We're called to focus and refocus on the things that are truly most important in life. We've come from God and we are going back to God. We're called to focus on what Pope Francis calls the fundamental facts of our existence. Four main points. First, we have been created for heaven. Union with God. Perfect eternal happiness in God's heavenly kingdom and our lives, the whole of our lives, have got to be directed toward that end. That's what it's all about. Anything in your life that gets in the way of that, sin that is, has got to go. God wants it out of your life. Our Lord once said to St. Faustina of the Divine Mercy, My daughter, know this once and for all. There is only one thing that can separate a soul from me, and that is mortal sin. That alone, our Lord said. That is why the church puts so much emphasis on confession during Lent, the sacrament of penance, the ordinary means for the forgiveness of mortal sins committed after baptism, the way that Jesus Christ established for our sins to be forgiven. Second, God is all-powerful. Nothing is impossible with God. God is going to get you there as long as you are faithful. This is the foundation of the virtue of hope. Number three, 
God has a great love for you. No matter who you are, no matter what your life has been like up to this point, God has a plan for your life that is going to end in eternal glory if only you will cooperate with the graces that God wants to give to you. God's unfailing love for you is the greatest reality of your life. Early on in my years of ministry, I was blessed to know Mother Angelica. Mother Angelica, of course, was the poor Claire's sister who founded EWTN, the Worldwide Catholic Network. And I remember something that Mother Angelica used to say often. She used to say, remember, if you were the only sinner in the world, if you were the only soul in this world in need of redemption, God still would have become man. Jesus Christ would have come into this world to die for you, for you alone. That is the infinite value of a single sight in the sight of heaven. Your soul, every soul is precious in the sight of Almighty God. Every soul is precious, born and unborn. And finally, God is always faithful, faithful to his promises. What does God promise above all else? Heaven. Heaven. What will heaven be like? The great theologian St. Thomas Aquinas put it like this. Heaven is the place where every good thing, every good thing you have ever known or needed and did not have, searched for and could not find longed for and has eluded you will be yours. Life on earth is a journey, a pilgrimage to a passing world. We have come from God and we are going back to God. Hmm? Well, we are now just one week away from the start of Holy Week. And I would love to speak today about our gospel, our Lord and Martha and Lazarus, but I've got to talk about the mission. And I want to start the mission like this. Another thing the church calls us to do at this time is to take the time to meditate, to think seriously about what God has done for us and what God expects of us in return. We're called to think specifically about the mystery of our redemption. And first of all, a little considered fact. A fact that few people, even among Christians, will stop to reflect upon in the course of a lifetime. The awesome fact that God did not have to redeem this world. Did you ever think about that? God did not have to create us. God did not have to give us the gift of life. Nor did God have to redeem us. God, you see, doesn't have to do anything because God is God. God's saving work in this world, we say, is totally merciful. It's all God's grace, all God's will, free will. Think about this. Theoretically, after the fall of Adam and Eve, after 
the reality of original sin and humanity's rebellion against God, God could have abandoned us. God could have cast us off and left us to ourselves. God could have left us to our own sinfulness, our selfishness, our pride, our disordered passions and all the like. God could have left this world without a single solitary ray of hope and all of us with it. Here's where the mercy of God came in. God's merciful love would not allow that. God chose to reconcile us to his friendship and to his grace and to do that in a way that would at the same time uphold and satisfy God's honor, God's justice, God's answer, God's solution was the best thing ever to happen to us. The best thing ever to happen to the world, the incarnation. God became man. God took on human nature, human flesh in the womb of the Blessed Virgin Mary. And Mary's virginal womb became, we say, like the bridal chamber where heaven and earth, divinity and humanity were joined together, where in a kind of mystical marriage. We've got to remember this also. This is huge. God did not have to become man. And God did not have to send his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, to die in order to redeem this world. Again, theoretically, God could have redeemed this world in any way he chose to do it. In fact, God could have chosen to do it the easy way, the painless way. Refer again to St. Thomas Aquinas, who taught that a single divine action is of infinite value. A single sacrificial act of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, would have been enough, sufficient, to wipe away the sins of the whole world. So, yeah. God could have chosen to do it the easy way, the painless way. I like to say, God could have redeemed this world with a snap of the fingers or the wave of a hand or the blink of an eye. A single word, a single divine command would have done it had that been God's will. But it was the Father's will that his Son should redeem us through his obedience. Obedience in suffering Suffering of the most bloody, painful, awful kind. It was God's will there should be no forgiveness of our sins without the shedding of blood. Why blood? Why suffering? Why crucifixion? One of the most brutal, painful, agonizing, horrible forms of execution ever devised in human cruelty. Why that of all things? This is why. It is because suffering is always the ultimate test of true love. 
true love is tried in the crucible of suffering. We say one loves only as much as one is willing to suffer for the ones who are loved. The cross of Jesus Christ and his sacred heart stand as the undeniable proof of God's infinite love for every soul he brings into this world and an everlasting reminder for us of the horror of sin. You see, it was not enough for God to become man. It was not enough for Jesus Christ to suffer and die for us on the cross. At the Last Supper, he gave his greatest gift to us, the gift of himself in the Holy Eucharist, his real and abiding presence, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Blessed Sacrament. This is what the Mass is about. You see, our Lord did not leave the memorial of his passion and death to the chance remembrances of people. Our memories are way too short for that. He himself would institute the way he wanted his eternal sacrifice to be remembered and perpetuated through the ages in the Mass and the Holy Eucharist. The Eucharist, the greatest source of graces and blessings and strength and help and consolation and spiritual power given for our lives, given for those who believe. This is what God has done for us. What has God done for us? Everything. So the question that I have for you as we start this mission is this. What do we do for God? What does God get from us? What does God get from you? Is he truly the Lord of your heart, the Lord of your life? Is he really King of kings and Lord of lords to you? Is there any real love? I mean sacrificial love for him in your heart. Or is he in reality more like just an afterthought. Like an obligation that you got to get out of the way. Come in here on a Sunday morning. Just something that you got to do. Something you got to get done to get on with your weekend. Do you give him the leftovers of your life? He looks straight into every heart. He knows the answers to those questions. During this mission week, we should ask ourselves these questions. Is there something that I can do to get closer to God? Is there something I can do to know God better, love God more? Is there some way I can increase my desire for prayer? Is there some way I can rekindle that fire divine love that might have gone out in my life? Is there some way I can rid myself of the spiritual mediocrity that I find myself in? Is there something I can give up? Is there something in my life right now that is not pleasing to God? Is there some sin that I'm holding on to? Something I need to confess? Am I crucifying our Lord all over again by living in my sins? Way back in the 6th century, Pope St. Gregory the Great said, Yes, 
God promised us his love. He promised us his mercy. He promised us his forgiveness when we turn to him, when we repent, when we confess our sins. God promised us all those things. But never did God promise anyone tomorrow. The Bible says, tomorrow is promised to no man. It says, now is the acceptable time. Now is the day of salvation. So we're going to ask you to come to the mission. Come together. Come as families. And how about this? When you come, try not to come alone. Try to bring somebody else, at least one other person along with you. Maybe there's somebody you know, a family member, a friend who has been away from the practice of the faith for a long time. Somebody who really needs to get back to the sacraments, bring them along with you. Huh? Now, our mission is going to be uh, from Monday through Wednesday evening, 6.30 start every night, confessions before and after. And uh, I want to challenge you uh, while I'm here this morning. As you leave uh, the church uh, this morning, you'll find that uh, out in the narthex, we've left some stacks of these brochures. And this is an examination of conscience entitled, How to Make a Good Confession. Now, this will take you through the Ten Commandments step by step. And it leaves little to the imagination. And I want to tell you, if you can get through this, if you can read through this whole thing without finding something to confess, well then, you may be ready for canonization. <laughs> and if you are, we'll have you report to Father Ed immediately. So we'll just call this your Lenten canonization challenge and uh, see you at the mission. God bless you.